there, it's Angela, and I'm so glad you found your way here to architecting. Creative careers can be stressful, and it's hard to be vulnerable, but this is your landing pad for raw honesty. I'll help you get clarity, reconnect with your passion, and have the career of your dreams. If you're ready to make a difference, have an impact, and say bye-bye to burnout, stick with me, and let's get architecting. <laughs> bright lights welcome to 2024 oh i am so excited for this year because it is going to be a good one we've been working so hard over the last few years if you've been following me and listening to episodes of the podcast to get clarity to build a foundation and this this year is when it is going to start paying off in spades how do I know this? I know this because when we are clear about what we want, when we work on having our boundaries, when we ask for the opportunities that we want, when we network and leverage that network, when we share what we're doing, we start to get more and more opportunities. And this is an exponential kind of thing. It isn't just a steady stream. The more you get, the more you get. Before you think, oh, that's exhausting. I can't sustain it. I want you to check the thermostat. Not of your house, but of your capacity for success. I need this episode just for you to really help you overcome all of the ways you are holding yourself back from really unlocking unlimited success. So I'm going to talk you through some of the ways you sabotage yourself and then guide you through a practice to overcome that once and for all and set some really powerful intentions to make this year the year like none other. And I want to remind you, if you'd like to keep working on this, you can go to architectingpodcast.com and sign up for my leadership class for introverts. We're going to be starting in the next few weeks. Give me 15 minutes a day and I will be guiding you through ways to overcome a lot of your blocks. You might think, why for introverts? Because most creative people self-identify as being introverts, even if they look to the outside world as if they are extroverts. I really wanted to help you overcome the things that are keeping you playing small so that you can show up for yourself and have your best success. Make sure you grab your spot in that class by heading over to architectingpodcast.com. You've heard about the glass ceiling before and this idea that we aspire to things and we can see them, but we can't quite get there. Something's blocking us. Today, I want to challenge you that the biggest thing blocking you is not other people, is not our culture, although those can play a factor, but the biggest, single biggest thing is you. Many of us, as much as we say we want success, as much as we would love our dreams to come true, are terrified of what would happen if they actually did. Our normal, our set point for our thermostat is here and now. 
And when something really good happens and we get that really big win, we love it. But then we want to go back to normal instead of seeing the new win as a form of breaking through into a new normal. And the next win helps us have yet another breakthrough and so on. Before we go any further, I wanted to thank you for being a listener of this podcast. Many of you have been following me since I started, and we are now officially in season four. Hard to believe that I've been doing this now for four years, over 200 episodes. I do it because I care about helping you be your best self, helping you live your dreams, because when you do that, when you're in joy, you make a difference in the world, and the world needs you to show up strong. I am so committed to giving you the tools and the resources that you need to do that every day. Thank you so much for being part of this audience. So let's move now in how we can make 2024 your best year. Your dreams are not too big and you're not crazy to want big things. And that's because the big things you want are the big things you feel called to do. You know, I've never had a desire to be an opera singer or a brain surgeon or an astrophysicist. Well, I think those are really cool careers. I personally have never had any desire to do them. And that's because that's not my calling. It's not what I'm here to do. But I have a huge desire to help people understand how space impacts well-being. I have a huge desire to reach large audiences and help people believe that they're here to do great things. Because that's what I'm here to do. And that's not a dream too big or a bridge too far. It's actually exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm sure you have your big dreams too. Rather than making them wrong, we are starting a new year. And I want to lead you through a practice to help you reset that thermostat for 2024 so you can welcome in more and more success because it's coming for you. I do not do resolutions because when we do a New Year's resolution, we are focusing on some deficiency or lack that we see in our life and we are focused on fixing something we see as broken. Instead, I like to be aspirational and choose a word of the year and really let that be a guiding theme. I invite you to feel into a word that works for you, choose your own theme, The reason it's so important to have this intention is because the intention lets you focus on how you want to feel, not the outcome. Because a lot of times we think that we have to set a goal and then make a plan and that we have to do all the things and follow the directions and hit the milestones and then we get the outcome when it actually works the opposite way. When you have the intention and your word for the year reflects that intention, you're focusing on how you want to feel so you will naturally gravitate towards situations and experiences that bring you that feeling, which will then lead to outcomes that are aligned with that feeling. 
What's interesting about that is that a lot of the time getting those outcomes that are aligned with the feeling, which is a true definition of success, doesn't look like what you would have thought you wanted if you were just listing goals. The goals would have reflected what you think you are supposed to want rather than try to psychoanalyze why you think you want what you want. Let's start from a much more clear and heart-led space, which is how you want to feel. Earlier today, I was on a visioning call with my colleague, Megan Mazzocco, who I host the Architects as Healers, Buildings as Medicine show with on Clubhouse. And Megan posed a prompt question that I found so powerful. What would your life look like if you only said yes to things that energized you and always followed your highest excitement? I'm going to ask you now to take a minute. Don't overthink it. What is the first word that comes to you when you think about how you want to feel in 2024? I chose vivid. To me, this idea of vivid is about putting things in the sharpest focus, in absolute clarity, having big, bold action and experience in my life. Not seeing it as this overwhelming, tumultuous chaos, but instead experiencing it almost as if you were watching an action scene in slow motion and you were able to savor every detail and really feel into that exhilaration. That is what I am looking to bring more of into my life this year as I build on the successes of last year. That vividness, that boldness, that joy seeking. And I am really, really, really tuning into ways that I still feel obligated to do certain things or still am seeking validation, trying to prove myself. It's something I've become more and more aware of over the last few years, and it's probably going to be a work in progress my whole life. But this idea of vivid as my word for 2024 is very much tied to the idea of being more attuned to what feels right to me, what will bring me joy, and doing more of that and being guided by that to have a much more vivid life, not a life that feels hectic and chaotic and caters to other people and not myself. Before you think it's selfish, I want to also bring into focus the fact that the idea of selfishness is very much a construct of our culture, and it is very much something that holds us back. We feel that taking care of ourselves, meeting our needs, knowing what we want, pursuing our dreams somehow has to come at a cost to other people. When in fact, it's the opposite. When we have filled our tanks, when we are in a state of joy, what we can give to others is so much more powerful and helpful than when we are giving from a state of lack. 
when we are giving from a place of feeling we have to do it and we're trudging along, ticking the boxes versus being in that state of joy and love where what we give to others is freely given, where we're not comparing to others and we're not keeping score. We're happy with who we are and where we are and we freely choose to give. And so I want to go back to that idea of the thermostat because that set point that we have, that glass ceiling that we have on our life, we do that. And I see it happen in so many ways. Part of my job at GBBN is to help other people in our firm and in our healthcare market to have their voices be heard. I do a lot of coaching around speaking and publishing, and one of my coworkers in particular has had a lot of success. He has been speaking to rooms that are standing room only at conferences, really hit on a topic that a lot of people find very juicy. He's had articles written about the things he's talking about. And all this is great. And this has been going on now for almost two years. And he's had a chance to speak with varying members of his team and the client and the contractor at quite a few different conferences. In looking at what could be on tap as we look at speaker proposals for 2024, he was seeing some topics emerge, but then saying, but I'll let other people talk about this. I don't need to speak again. And I had to stop him and say, no, it's because you had success that you are the person who most needs to speak. And sure, you can share the stage with others. You can bring on younger members of the team and let them get experience. But never say, I've spoken enough, because clearly people care about what you have to say and the way you are saying it is resonating. So that's not something that you say, okay, I'm going to declare victory and walk away. This is the very thing you need to do more of because it's been so successful. There's not a limit to that. And that's what you have to feel into. And I could see that he was starting to connect the dots in a different way when I said that because his initial instinct was to feel that it was selfish, that he was hogging a spotlight or something like that, or maybe had talked too much. So I could see that he was starting to see it different, but that he still wasn't entirely comfortable claiming this idea that he was a powerful speaker and the topic he was speaking about was something that touched people, that helped people, that mattered to people, and that therefore he needed to keep talking about. If we go to the other end of the spectrum, a person who I am mentoring has been working at a very entry-level job. She's just recently out of school, hasn't been that happy there, has been working on a portfolio and wants advice on putting it together. I've asked her to think about what does she really love? We've gone through exercises and I've tried to explain to her how to frame a resume and a portfolio to showcase what you really love and how that shines through 
in the experiences you list and the way you talk about projects. The latest iteration of the portfolio looks very much like she's just saying, hey, prospective employer, I'm competent. If you hire me, I can follow instructions and do work for you. How does that make her stand out? How is that helping her align with the right company and the right culture to really grow what she feels called to do? And sure, she's early in her career and she needs to have a lot of a wide variety of experiences and needs to get licensed and all of that stuff. But that doesn't preclude her being able to keep growing around the things that are her big dreams and that she feels lit up about. But she's holding herself back. She just can't seem to talk about this work in a way that says anything about who she is and what she loves about each of these projects. What she contributed, that little extra zhuzh that's there because she worked on it, not a different intern. Again, it's that limiting factor, that sense of who am I at this point in my career to claim a point of view. And sure, she can get another job, but if she doesn't get clear about what she wants, it's going to be a new firm, same experience. It's not going to be better. It's not going to be better because she isn't asking for what she wants and what she needs. She isn't showing her unique value. She's simply showing competence. She's a placeholder. Plug her in. You could switch her out with any other 20 interns and it would all be the same. Well, if that's the experience you want, sure, go for it. But I don't think that's really it. And I don't think that's what most people really want. And I don't think that's what most companies really want when they hire staff. They do want you to contribute. They do want a fit between who you are and what their culture is. They do want to grow together. But that can't happen when you're not putting anything out there to work with. Let's wrap things up by going back to your word on living in a way that inspires you every day, trusting your intuition, asking how can I, instead of squashing your dreams or making them wrong, saying they'll never happen, getting comfortable with moving into ever-increasing levels of success and a much more expanded, joy-filled life. I'd love to hear what word you chose and how it feels once you've picked that word, what it starts to inspire you to do. You can post on Instagram and tag me at Architecting Podcast or on LinkedIn and tag me there. I love hearing from you. And if you love this episode, if it helped you, remember to share it with a friend. That is the best way to help all of us reach our full creative potential because the world needs it. Share it, like, rate, and review where you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to my YouTube channel, which is at Architecting Podcast. There you can listen to the podcast, you can see videos from interviews that I've done for episodes, and you can also hear additional content 
like workshops that I put on or additional video insights on topics that we explore in the podcast. So make sure you head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Architecting Podcast channel. I love you all so much. I wish you all the best in 2024, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you want even more content, head on over to architectingpodcast.com and subscribe to my newsletter and get some great free downloads while you're there. Be sure to follow me on social media on Instagram at Architecting Podcast, Facebook and LinkedIn pages are Architecting, and the YouTube channel Architecting Podcast. Stay inspired. (laughs) 